Thank you. Let's just start with a word of prayer. Father, we come before your throne of grace. We thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. We thank you, Lord, for the good things that you're doing for your children during this time. Lord, your word says that gross darkness is upon the earth, but light rises on the children of God. And Father, we thank you, Lord, because light is rising on Zion. It's rising on your children, O Master. And help us to reflect that, O Lord. And the world will know that you sent your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he dwells in Zion. Father, pray for this time, O Father. We pray that the Holy Spirit will be strong as a teacher, revealing the beauties of our Lord Jesus Christ to your church, O Lord. Let the revelation be strong and make it fruitful and let it produce great fruit, O Lord, in these last days on the earth, O Master. Because you are faithful to bring in the great harvest with the word of righteousness that goes forth in this time. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. The title of the message is Hearing the words of Christ. Hearing the words of Christ. I believe this is going to be a very foundational word. The Lord has been revealing a lot of foundational words over the last couple of sessions. And I believe this is one additional foundational word. Something that you can use to build people up. And you can feed people up. So, one, so the, the, the power or the revelation of hearing the words of Christ. Why Christ? And we'll talk about it. Hearing the words of Christ. Okay. But before that, I wanted to kind of share something, what's going on in the world right now, right? It's crazy times in the world. Everything is crashing. Everything is uh, negative. There's prices going up. Nations are in turmoil. There's wars. There's so much of manipulation happening in the world. In terms of everything, the economies, the, the recession, the, uh, the currency devaluation and appreciation, all kinds of crazy things happening. Jobs, people are you know, cutting jobs, laying off. At the same time, uh, there's a labor shortage. And this, there's a lot of confusion. There seems to be like, how, how does the church respond? And how do the children of God, how are they how do they respond during this time? I want you to go before that, before we get into the messages, something that I want you to uh, look about it, uh, talk about it. And let's go to, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter, okay, let's, let's, before we go to 1 Corinthians, let's go to Isaiah chapter 33, verses 5. Isaiah chapter 33, verse is 5. Everybody got that? Isaiah 33, verses 5 and 6. I want you to underline this because this is relevant for you right now. now this I'm going to read this. Isaiah chapter 30, uh, 33, verses 5 and 6. The Lord is exalted. He, is, he dwells on I, for he dwells on I. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Now remember this. The Lord is exalted. He's talking about, this is, Isaiah is prophesying that time where the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be resurrected. Correct? So he's talking about that time, which is the time that we are in. So the Lord is exalted because, for he dwells on high. 
the Lord Jesus Christ is exalted because he now dwells on high. Yes or no? Yes. yes. Okay. So it's our right time. Correct? Look at what he says. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. He has filled Zion, that is the church, where he dwells. That's where we are also. He's filled Zion. And I want you to remember this. He's filled it. Say filled. He's filled it with two things. What are the two things? Justice and righteousness. That means when he says filled means can you fill it more? No. It is complete. That means you cannot fill it more. Say I cannot fill it more. With respect to two things. What are the two things in Zion that he's filled it with? Justice and righteousness. Can, I, can, can you add to this justice? No. Can you add to this righteousness? No. Say it's filled. Okay. So what is the response to, of the church when there are two things that is full? That means you cannot add to it. Justice means what? No additional payment is required for you to meet any shortcoming. Because justice is full. Like, you, you don't need to suffer in your body. Because, no, because he's already paid for it. That means he suffered for it. Justice has to do with penalty. And so, full penalty has been paid. Say, full penalty has been paid. So, in Zion, justice is always full. So, you do not have to be tempted to add to it. You don't have to be tempted to, to pay any amount. Because, guess what? Where are you going to fill it up? It is full. So, you cannot bring justice to your table. That means you cannot, like if, if you have a sickness. So, what are you saying? Justice is not full? I mean, sickness means... There is some unfinished payment for your sin. Yes or no? See, sickness is all about judgment for sin. Prasad, your whole profession is based on the fact that people are sinners. <laughs> so, as long as you're on the you're here on the earth, you have a practice. But once you get there, you'll have to get a different job. <laughs> you know, but that's because it's a it's a effect of unfinished payment for sin. Every sickness, disease, poverty, lack is unfinished payment for sin. Correct? But in Zion, he's filled it with justice. So what do you do? You have to know that Zion is full of justice. Yes or no? Okay. The next part is he said he's full of righteousness. So guess what? <laughs> you cannot add to that righteousness. That means there is nothing that you can do to increase your standing with God. Think about it. There is nothing that you can do that will increase your standing with God. Oh, if I fast 30 days, will I increase my standing with God? No. Because righteousness is already full. <laughs> I was like, so you come with this extra righteousness to God's table. He's like, looks good. No space though. <laughs> there is nothing to keep. There is, there, where, do I, where do I put your righteousness? Because there is, your righteousness is good. I'm not saying it's bad. But it's already full. You're already full. Say it full. 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 So when you come to God 
in Zion, in the church, your righteousness is full. There is no lack and you cannot contribute also. And that is the revelation that you need to know in this time. Why? In this time, why will the world be afraid of lack? Because they don't think their righteousness is full. Why are they afraid of sickness and disease? Because they think justice is not full. But for the church, they know there are two pillars. In Remember in the temple of Solomon, there was these two big pillars. And the names of the pillars are also mentioned. I, I, can't, I, can't, I don't have a reference right now. If somebody gets a reference, they can share it with me. But there are two pillars that he's talked about it. Why? What are these two pillars? They are righteousness and justice. And today I was, uh, I was in the morning, I was, I was just meditating when I was sitting here. And, and the Lord was saying, look, Adil, in your house, there are two pillars. Look at this. <laughs> he says, these two pillars are righteousness and justice. Your house is built on two large pillars, correct? And he says, it's a foundation. That means you will not contribute anything to my righteousness. And you will not contribute anything to my justice. That means I will not be tested by Satan by the world or by anybody or by your own thoughts to make an additional payment. In fact, you try sending a payment on a loan that has been paid off. Guess what they'll do? They send it back. You send them again, what will happen? They send back. You send it the third time, they'll call you and they'll threaten you. <laughs> like, Don't waste our time because we'll charge you for processing your return fees. You know? So the, you do not have anything to contribute. Why? Look at what the next verse is. He's filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. What wisdom? About the fact that he's filled Zion with justice and righteousness. This wisdom is your stability of your times. That means when the world is expecting famine... You would say what? Abundance. Why? Because I am righteous as Jesus is righteous. I am full of righteousness. And a righteous man will not. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for food. Correct? Because the righteous. He's not saying I have not seen the wicked forsaken. I've seen. I've not seen the righteous forsaken. So you're saying what? I am righteous, so my investments will prosper. My food will increase. My uh, promotion will, will come. So why? Because that has nothing to do with the world. Because this wisdom and knowledge, wisdom and knowledge of what? About the fact that he is filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Is the stability of your times. Hallelujah. What a word. Wisdom and knowledge is the stability of your times. That means when you are being forced to be shaken. And this is what's going to say. Jesus said, I am going to shake not only the earth, but heavens. And he's shaking heavens. When he's shaking heavens, means he's not in God's throne. He's talking about all the powers and principalities in the heavens. He shook. Like on Mount Sinai, only the earth was shaken. Now, the resurrected Christ is going to shake 
all the principalities and powers and evil rulers in this world. Therefore, the shaking is happening at that level. So when that shaking happens, he says, you have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So you will be tempted to also hold on to your chair, but it will not shake. In fact, you'll see on the news, people falling down physically, people being shaken. You've seen presidents holding their chair and trembling, presidents stumbling, leaders falling physically as a sign because God is shaking heavens and the earth also. In the previously, he only shook the earth, but today he's going to shake heavens and the earth, but not for you. But your knowledge, why would you be shaken? Because if justice and righteousness is full, because it's only when something is lacking is when it will be shaken. There's nothing to shake in your place because righteousness and justice is full. So you will meditate. Like remember the last message was about meditate. You're going to meditate that right in Zion. Write it down somewhere. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. You just put it. You say, I don't care what happens. But he's filled it with Righteousness and justice. How, see, how both are important? Righteousness for the blessing. Justice so that there is no judgment on you. And you need to know it. See, wisdom and knowledge. See, while he has done that, what will keep you stable during this time? The fact that he has filled righteousness and justice or the fact that you know. We know. We know that he is filled. Zion with righteousness. The fact that I know will keep me from shaking. Correct? What is the difference between you and somebody else who doesn't know? Why? Even though it is supplied, but the fact that you don't know, you will act as if the shame. That means if the world is shaking, what will happen? You are expecting what? Shaking. Because in your mind, the world is shaking. Therefore, I am getting shaken. So you stop meditating on that. You meditate on the fact that he has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Are you going to do that? I want you to meditate on that. Meditate. He's filled it. Like when you're praying for the sick, you pray with the aspect of what? He's filled Zion with justice. <laughs> His son's name is Zion. He's filled Zion with justice. Means what? There is no scope to add any suffering to it. He's filled it. There's nothing to more to add. That's why Jesus said his last words on the cross was what? It is, it is finished. At that point of time, what was finished? When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, what was finished? Justice. Justice. When was righteousness finished? Come on. When he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, he said, to fulfill all righteousness. Amen. You know, he could do this incredible works for three and a half years. Why? He was full of righteousness. And you and I can do the same works that Jesus did. Like multiply that five loaves and two fish. Uh, pay taxes out of fish's mouth. Pay, you know, incredible things. Open the eyes of the blind, raise the 
dead. Why? Because he's a righteous man walking on the earth. Nobody could touch him. They couldn't stone him. Who? He's walking like a man who's fully righteous. He started off by being fully righteous. But justice was not full. And finally he f- finished justice. He said, finished. Now he's full of righteousness and he's full of justice. You got the picture? This is the part of a believer. The believer has to meditate on the fact that this wisdom and knowledge is going to be the stability of your times. Who writes those words? (laughs) Stability of your times. (laughs) Sounds like a modern commentator, you know. It's the stability of your times because your times are so crazy. And you just meditate on that. Okay, this is, this is the best part. Look a little bit. It will be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. Ah, this is what he's saying. He's saying this knowledge is the material that I can use to deliver you. It is the strength of your salvation. That means give me something to work with to get you out of what you think is a problem. So God wants, see, God is wanting to save you. But the strength of that salvation, the the supply, the material that he needs to deliver you is your knowledge of that Zion is full of justice and righteousness. He needs your knowledge. See, he's already supplied. But to, like for example, this is a beautiful example. So here is a, there's a pool, swimming pool. A guy jumps into the pool. It's a deep pool and the guy is drowning. So this strong lifeguard shows up at the shore shore, and he says, do you believe that I can save you? Is that important for him to be saved? Yes. The lifeguard is supplied. Correct? He can totally save. But why is it important for the guy who is drowning to know that the lifeguard can save him? Because without him knowing, he cannot be saved. Because he has to give up. Otherwise, he's going to pull the lifeguard also into the, into the water. He has to say, you know what? I believe that you can save me. I'm not going to do anything. Correct? So he needs that. He said, are you sure? That, that's why when Jesus says, uh, somebody asked, Jesus asked, do you believe that I can do it? He, he asked a leper? No, he has a blind man. He said, do you believe that I can do it? He said, yes, Lord. See, that became the strength of the salvation that Jesus could use to pull him out. See, give give the Lord the material for your salvation. He's not talking about eternal salvation. See, the word salvation is common in the Greek. It means soteria, means what? Your, your deliverance in that particular area of your help. In that particular area, provide God the material. And that material is wisdom and knowledge about the fact that there is no additional justice need to be done and you're full of righteousness. Give him the material and that becomes a strength to be pulled out. Amen? Okay. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. That means he, he values the Lord. He values, he's not fearing man. He's fearing, not in a negative sense, in a positive sense. The awe of the Lord. Oh man, he is my great strength. Is this, is this treasure. Okay, let's go and read this. Now, 
verse 14 to 16. I'm going to read this and this is very powerful. This is very powerful because this is talking about a very unique species in Zion. <laughs> Let's read this. Verse 14 onwards. The sinners in Zion are afraid. What do you mean sinners in Zion? That's a unique yeah. creature. Yeah. How do you have sinners in Zion? Correct. These are the ones who though being with the king think that they are sinners. So what happens to the sinners in Zion? They are afraid because they are behaving as if their righteousness is not full. See, what does righteousness mean? Lawlessness is unrighteousness. If you are righteous, that means you are sinless. Correct? It's not very complicated. If you are righteous, means you are not, you are not a sinner. sinner. You cannot say, oh, he's righteous, but he has this one sin. <laughs> it's like, he says, all unrighteousness is sin. The, the word says, you, you cannot be righteous before God and have one sin. Either you are a felon or you are not. Oh, I am a small felon. <laughs> you are still a felon. You know, in fact, that's a big problem when, when, when we do employment background checks. So many times, you know, guys get felony, misdemeanor for silly stuff. But because it's on their record, we cannot hire them. It doesn't matter what the issue is, but it is on their record. In our mind, in our thing, he is a, he's a felon. He has failed the background screen. Do you say, hey, I only have five felons, man. <laughs> I only have five misdemeanors. You don't do that in the natural sense also, you know. I don't have 20 like the other guy. No, we, that, that's how we, when we talk with God, we always, always assume 10 felons, felonies are not bad. No. Either you are or you're not. Either you're righteous or you're not. You make up your mind. So sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness have seized the hypocrite. Why is a hypocrite? Correct! Sorry, I shouted so much. <laughs> this is huge. This is huge. In Zion, the only hypocrites are who, those who do not acknowledge their righteousness. You know, we have always used the word hypocrites as being applying to people who do not do the will of God. In fact, it's the opposite in Zion. In Zion, your righteousness is a gift. And anybody who says otherwise is a hypocrite. Hypocrite means you're not aligned to the same thing. God is telling you you're righteous. You're telling you're a sinner. You're a hypocrite. So what seizes them? Fear. Right? Huge. Okay, keep reading. So what do they say? This is how they think. This species in Zion. It's not talking about you, okay? It's not talking about you. Raj, not about you, okay? Definitely not you. <laughs> okay? It's not, and what do they think? This is what they are saying. Look at what he says. Who among us can dwell with the devouring fire? Who is he talking about? They are talking about God. Oh, God is so holy. He is like a consuming fire. We, we, how can we sinners ever live with him? 
Sounds really good. Sounds like good preaching. Who can dwell with the devouring fire? It's good. I am a weak, unworthy sinner. How can I dwell with this all-consuming fire God? Okay? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? He's talking about God. God the Father and God the Son. And then this is what the word says. He who walks righteously. Simple. <laughs> How do you think you're you're living in the same house in which God lives? Because you're righteous. You have to walk righteously, not by your actions, by your knowledge. Like, <laughs> every time you go into the bathroom and you, uh, God crosses your door, oh, please, 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 I'm just going to the bathroom. I'm only going to the bathroom. <laughs> you cannot live with God in the house. <laughs> every time you meet him, you're like, I mean, God lives with you in your house, right? And every time you meet, you're like running away from here, running away from there. Oh, please, please, I'm only going. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so God is like, go to the bathroom, buddy. What's the problem? No, please, I can, can I go one more time? I mean, who, who, because, because this is a consuming fire in my house, right? I mean, you know, you know how ridiculous this thing is? And Isaiah is talking about this is how you are. Like, he, he says, if you want to walk confidently inside, you walk righteously. This is how you walk. You walk righteously. Like, walk boldly. Because this righteousness is not yours. This righteousness is from him. He's filled it. Remember, he filled it. There is nothing that you would supply. It's filled. There's nothing to supply. He's already filled it. So you take out of the filled stuff, right? Beautiful. Look at what it is. And deals uprightly. You deals right, uprightly. He who despises the gain of oppressions. He despises the gain of oppressions. I do not believe in paying the price and then receiving the gain. I despise it. And so many Christians love the gain of struggles. They love the gain of oppression. They love, oh, you know what? God has taught me through this sickness. So are you saying that the gain of oppression is something that you love? You despise it. Say, I despise it. You say, no, but brother, that's a good thing. You learn something. I don't care. Remember, do you believe that justice is full or not? Full. Then why would you want to say that your gain of oppression is something that, who is oppressing you? The devil. And then because of it, that something has gained? Do you love that gain? No. Is it, is it done something good for you in your life? Yes. But do you love it? No. Because I do not want to learn at the hands of the oppressor. Who is your teacher? Jesus. Today, today we will study. It's Christ. There is only one teacher on the earth. He is the Christ. The Holy Spirit takes what the Christ, what Christ teaches and reveals, makes you remember it. 
there is only one teacher. Say one teacher. Jesus is very clear. Do not call anyone on the earth a teacher. For there is one who is the Messiah. So Jesus is the only teacher. You say, but the Holy Spirit is the teacher. No, no, no. Holy Spirit takes what Jesus taught and make, keeps you, reminds you. He's like the tutor. Remember what the teacher said. I'm the after school teacher. <laughs> the, t- the school is over, but I'm still here to remind you, you're righteous. Sushil, school is over, but your righteousness is not. You know, it's like constantly reminding you while the teacher is gone. Is the teacher now in heaven? Yes. But the tutor is not. <laughs> He's left you here to remind you that don't despise the gain of oppressions. Despise it. You want, do you, guys, do you all want to live victoriously in Christ Jesus? Right? So let's do what, don't let's, let's not fall into the species that, that showed up here. I was like, sinners in Zion? What does that mean? Hypocrite you. <laughs> you know, and that's exactly what the Bible says. You're a hypocrite. There is no sinners in Zion. Okay. He who despises the gain of oppressions, who, who gestures with his hands, refusing bribes. I don't care how enticing it is to depend on my works. I will not take it. Oh, no, no, brother, this is good. In this place, your works will help, you know. No, no, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to fall for any bribes. There is nothing needed. I, you might give me what the end result is, but the, meth, the way is not the way. The way of Cain and the way of Abel is very important to God. The end result was both was an offering, but one was the way. He said, what have you brought? Which way have you brought? One brought the strength of his hands. The other brought a finished work of another. See, that's the difference. Abel brought the finished work of another. Cain brought his own works. So he was bribing God with that. See, there is nothing he could do. So you say, I gesture with my hands. No. When you gesture, you say, in your spirit, when you pray, you say, no, I don't want that. I'm coming only in the Lord Jesus Christ's name. I do not want any of my works. I do not want that. I am not. I refuse. I refuse. You just gesture with your hands. Like when you pray, you just say, no, Lord. I am not going to depend on my strength here. I'm not going to depend on, I'm depending only on you. That's why we lift our holy hands. We're saying we do not use our strength. We lift our holy hands and say, no, Lord. You are the lifeguard. I am the guy who is dying. I don't need to tell you how to rescue me. That's not my job. I just lift up my hands. Yes, I'm ready. I know you can do it. Next, next question. Next. Who, look at, refusing bribes. Who stops his ears from hearing bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. What does that mean? That means when the world around, you know in Noah's ark, there were no windows on the side. There was no windows on the side. There was only one window and that was on the ceiling. Why would you not? <laughs> if you are going to be on a cruise ship, 
Should you be in a cruise ship that has no windows and no balconies? No. No. You want to see what's going on. You want to see what? So what? Okay, let me ask you a question. This is huge. Huge. I mean, the Holy Spirit is going to hover on this very strongly. <clears throat> when Noah was in the ark, what was all around? Or? Water or? Judgment. That's the word. So Sushil is like two on two today. <laughs> he, so he's, he's surrounded by judgment, right? Judgment of all evil, all flesh, all flesh. The Bible says the waters of Noah came to destroy all flesh. The word flesh is very important because flesh profits nothing. Everybody's will, everything, everything that was determined and classified as flesh died. So there were judgments all around. So if Noah wanted to see outside, what would he see? Judgments. And God says, stop meditating on judgments because it doesn't belong to you. So this is what he says. Who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. So when you say, oh, but the news is saying that the market is going to be down 1,000 points. Or the news will say, these job losses are going to come in. So you're meditating on judgment. Yes or no? But you say you stop meditating on it. You shut your eyes to it and you close your ears to bloodshed. That means judgment. You just stop meditating on the news. You say, but isn't it good to know? So nobody go, like, what will it help Noah to know how many people died outside? Oh, by the way, today the count is 2,445,000 mosquitoes plus 365 you know, what's the point? They're all dying. So finally, who, who survived on the, on the outside the ark? None. None. So why don't you just say all? <laughs> like, oh, today, 45 giraffes died. Next day, 65 giraffes died. Next day, 125. Why don't you just write all? So what is the point of looking at the news? What, do you, what is the point of meditating on evil? The end of all evil is what? Death. Why don't you say, all died. Apart from Christ, everything is dead. Everything is going to be shaken. Everything is going to be destroyed. Why don't you just believe that that's the end of it? And for you, it's already happened at the cross of Jesus Christ. Isn't it? So, because he is filled Zion with what? Justice. He's filled it. Oh, you're saying you're going to threaten me with my job? Guess what? I already had lost my job at the cross. I already lost it. I was naked. Everything lost. When Jesus died on the cross, he died as an unemployed, completely poor, possessing nothing. Correct? Completely. Everything. So he, you, he, that, that was not Jesus. Who was that? That was you. That's you. That you. <laughs> so you want to know when you lost your job? 2,000 years back. AD 33. You lost your job. You know when you, when you had no money? Uh, 2,000 years back. AD 33. You know when you were sick? And almost died? Uh, let me count. 2,000 years back. AD 33. <laughs> Why do you have to 
wait for it to happen. It's already happened for you. It's already happened. See, so once you have this wisdom and knowledge, guess what's going to happen? Stability of your times. It's already happened. I mean, I've already been there. I've done that. You think, oh, this sickness will ultimately kill you. Uh, revelation for you. I already died. See, everything is now a revelation of the fact that he's filled Zion with justice and righteousness. It's already happened. It's already done. It's already done. Look at the next verse. What will happen to a guy who does this? What says verse, verse uh, 16? Isaiah 33 verse 16. What will happen to this guy who does what God says? Says if he walks uprightly, he refuses the gain of oppression and he, he who stops his ear from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. What will happen to him? He shall, dwell. he shall dwell on high. Next. His place of defense will be a fortress of rocks. Sounds like Zion to me. This sounds like Psalms 91, correct? He who dwells on the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Correct? That sounds like Psalms 91 place, correct? So he will dwell on high. His place of defense will be a fortress of rocks. What's the next verse? Bread will be given him. And his water will be sure. Hallelujah. Can you underline that? During this time, doesn't matter what's the price of wheat. Doesn't matter what the price of rice. Doesn't matter how expensive gas is. How crazy the prices are going or getting there. Doesn't matter what's going to happen to you. Bread will be given. Water will be sure. Who was a classic example of a guy who was supplied bread and water when there was famine in the land for three and a half years? Elijah. That was judgment in the world that time? Yes. Who brought the judgment? He is the guy. He's the guy who said, there shall not be rain for, until I say so. So he's the guy who brought the judgment. And then, can you imagine believers like, Lord, destroy the evil. Destroy the evil. And then God says, okay, bro, uh, son, whatever you want. Okay, angels, pass on judgment on the world and destroy all the enemies of Anil. And suddenly, all the angels, Anil is shaking out there. He, he's afraid. Oh, hold up, what's going on? It's like, why? You are the guy who is instituting the judgment. You are the church on the earth. The enemy shall be put underneath your feet. Why are you shaking? Because your bread and your water. So who showed up with bread and water to Elijah? Oh my goodness. It's not even like a clean animal. <laughs> Raven shows up. It's not like the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove shows up. Ravens. Because he doesn't care. He will get the world system to make sure that bread and water shows up for you. Why? Why will bread and water be sure for you? Wisdom and knowledge is the stability of your times. Hallelujah. You will receive this word. 
Let's believe that, right? Because as the world is getting crazier, right? Nobody knows anything. I mean, I listen to business news and I listen to stuff. Guys have no clue. From day to day, they don't know. They're like totally blind during this time. They have no idea what's going on. But that's the blessing of the Lord. That you have wisdom and knowledge concerning these times. Hallelujah. You agree. Okay. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2. Okay. So I I love love uh, all of y'all to because y'all are listening to this word because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to bring you to a different level right now. And I'll show you from the scripture how, how uh, scriptural it is, the word of God. Because y'all are listening very carefully. I can sense that. Look at, look at what he says. Now, this is Paul writing to a Corinthian church. The Corinthian church was like not a very great spiritual church, correct? And they, they had their own issues and stuff like that. Uh, they, they had all their issues and... Uh, stuff and morality and all that. So look at Paul saying, Paul could have come to the Corinthian church with a lot of wisdom and all that, right? As a Hebrew, because he was learned under Gamaliel and he brought, but when he went to the Corinthian church, he did not come with a lot of theology and all that. He came with, look at, let's read this. First Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to read this very carefully and I want you to understand this. This is very powerful. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or the wisdom Declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. I didn't come with a lot of wisdom and preach this message to you. I was with you in much weakness and in fear and in much trembling. That means I didn't depend on my my credentials. So I was not sure how you will receive me. I was not, I'm not coming... I was not very confident on the fact that I am uh, a Pharisee of Pharisees of the tribe of Benjamin, taught among Gamaliel. I've come from this Ivy League school and I'm coming confidently to a Greek culture and you will accept me because I've got great wisdom. I came in fear and trembling because I am depending on what? I'm depending on the Holy Spirit to give me the words to speak to you and demonstrate it through signs and wonders. Yes or no? Okay. Look at what he says. And verse 4. And he, and he affirms it. And says, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, and but of the demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. <coughs> and we have heard this a lot, right? If we, have, if we need to see signs and wonders in the church and not just preach. And we just don't need wisdom wisdom we need to see signs and wonders because people can depend on the signs and wonders I agree and that's 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 the way it should be because you're not depending on how good uh, a preacher preaches or what words he uses but the fact that there are signs and wonders following that word yes or no correct correct that's what we always believe and we always think but look at what Paul says verse 6 how does he start with however 
However, that means what? He's telling something more powerful. He says, however, we speak wisdom among you, among those who are mature. See, he's not discounting wisdom. But he says, I'm going to speak wisdom among you who are mature. That means you are willing. I agree for, a, for somebody new, signs and wonders. But for the believer who is established, I want to tell you something more. I want to tell you the wisdom, not a wisdom of men. I'm telling you the wisdom of God. What? Let's read it. Not, of the, not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of the age who is coming to nothing. We are not talking about the worldly wisdom. What is he going to do? But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Which none of the rulers of the age knew. And had they known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. For, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor the ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So what has God prepared for those who love him? The wisdom of God. He's prepared it. But guess what? Verse 10. But God has revealed them to you, us through his spirit. So God has revealed this hidden wisdom to you. See, he's not good. See, very interesting, right? See, he's saying, y'all guys have become believers. Y'all saw the signs and wonders and all that. But now God wants you to know the hidden wisdom. But I can only share it with those who are mature. Correct. And what does this wisdom do? Look at verse 6. Verse uh, 10. For God has revealed them to, to us. That means has revealed. That means it has already been revealed. Through the spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes. The deep things of God. So, so the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. That means this deep wisdom of God. He searches it. And what does he do? Having found it, what does he do with it? He reveals it to the church. Correct? Okay, let's look at the next verse. Verse 11. For what man, he says, who knows the deep things of God except the spirit of God? Just like who knows the deep things of you except your spirit? Then we say the spirit of the Lord is the candle. Candle of the Lord searching all the in inward parts of the heart, correct? So your spirit knows, or it's like a candle. It'll, it searches all the time, all your hidden stuff, not to condemn you, to tell you what all potential you have. So anything that you want to receive, you have to receive not from your flesh, you have to receive it from your spirit. Like, is there a safe deposit box in, my, in your house? Maybe, may not be. Who will know it? the spirit who lives in that house. <laughs> yes or no? Do you think the a physical robot which has all eyes and ears can find that out? No. Because the safe deposit box is not generally visible. It's very interesting. What might look like a cupboard, guess what? Maybe you're safe. Or may not be a safe. Maybe a safe, may not be a safe. How do you know whether it's a safe or not? Only you know. Ask the spirit. 
Ask the spirit who lives in the house. The cameras are flesh. The systems are flesh because they don't have a spirit. But as a spirit, the spirit will say, ah, you think that's a cupboard, right? Huh, no, that's a safe deposit box. So who knows the deep things of God? The Holy Spirit of God. So if you want to receive anything from your spirit, don't go to your eyes, your ears, your hands, your smell, your taste, your information that is flowing out. <laughs> Body, your, your, what looks like cupboard might be a safe deposit box. Talk to the spirit. Reach out to the spirit because the spirit knows the deep things of God. So same case, who knows the deep things of God? The Holy Spirit. Look at what he says. Look at it. No one knows the things of God. Say, no one knows the things of God. Except the Spirit of God. Duh. So, who do you depend on for revelation? The Spirit of God. Okay? So, you'll say, but Anil, I don't need these deep things of God. I'm just trying to struggle with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know? I'm like, I'm still at that level. You really don't want the deep things of God? The deep things of God are for your benefit. It is not to explain the intricacies of the DNA and all that. It is to tell you what you are in Christ Jesus. See, see, guess what? Satan got fooled by the package that showed up on in, in Nazareth. See, this is what, what he says. Look at what he says. Verse 8. For none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Like they thought Jesus was a righteous man. Cool. They thought he is the son of God. Good. But they missed something more powerful. What was that? They knew he was God. In fact, they, all the demons always screamed, have you come us to torment us before the time? <laughs> you don't talk to a human being like that. Have you come to torment us before the time? That sounds like he's talking to an eternal being there who has passed judgment on them. Correct? Remember they were, they were under judgment? So who passed judgment? It was God. This was the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's talking to them. He's saying, but you told me I have 40 more years before you throw me into the pit. How do you come to uh, uh, torment me before that? That's like somebody who had a conversation with somebody that he know. You don't talk like that to a stranger. Have you come to torment me before the time? It's like, what torment? What time? Who, who are you? you know, it's like, it's like, this, this is a conversation with somebody who knows everything about them. Correct? So, but what did they not know about Jesus? The voice came from heaven when he was baptized. This yeah. is my beloved son. Why do you think Satan? This is so funny. You know, Satan is so dumb because he is so dependent on the flesh. He did not know Jesus was the son of God until that physical voice showed up. Only after that he's like, oh, oh, you are the son of God. Let me tempt you. Come, go into the temple. He's like, 30 years I have been walking on the earth. You never bothered to test me. Now you hear me physically that I am the son of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he is the son of God. Because he is a flesh devil. He is not a spirit devil. 
He goes by what he hears. He heard, son of God. Oh, guys, son of God. <laughs> we, we have been killing Abel, Cain, all throughout Moses. Everybody thinking that they are going to be the son of God. Finally. And they totally missed Jesus. Right? And finally the voice had to come from heaven saying that, let me tell it clearly. This is my son. Like how dumb it is. It's like not even a hint. A physical voice that showed up. And finally that's when he took Jesus into the wilderness and started tempting him. Because he, then all his temptation was what? <laughs> this is so funny. His temptations are also so dumb. Right? He's like, he just heard the father talking to him that you are the son of God. And his first temptation is what? If you are the son of God. Hold on. I just, we, we both heard, right? <laughs> when you not there next to me, when, when you heard and I heard, we both heard. Why would you? I mean, this is so funny. When you give a test, when you're giving a test practice, do you give the same questions that you are going to come in the final exam? <laughs> do, you, do you practice for the same test? Okay, this is the test that, this is the questions you are going to get in tomorrow's exam. Let's practice that. Do you do that? No. You don't know what, what question is in the question, uh, question paper. But look at the test of Satan. The, the last answer. He's asking the same question again. I mean, this is the funny part of, because he doesn't know anything else. I mean, that's how foolish you are when you depend on the flesh. There is absolutely no wisdom. I mean, like, use some wisdom, you know. Why would you tempt a guy who just heard from his father that you are the son of God? Why would you tempt him with that? But that's what you do. Because that's how he operates. He operates in the flesh. He operates with the same information that you have when you depend on the flesh. And then what did they miss about Jesus? They knew that he was righteous. He would that by killing him, he would finish justice. Oh my goodness! They, they the, oh man, the whole, the whole. The whole kingdom of darkness operates on the principle that justice is not full. You know, the whole kingdom of Satan operates on the fact that justice is not full. Because he can constantly, oh, you know, a lot of the people who are under Satan want to die fast. But Satan says, no, 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 I know you want to die fast. No, 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 no. I will not allow you to die fast. I will kill you slowly, but not kill you. Because once I kill you, then I don't have any power. So I'm going to keep you. So how long will you suffer in the lake of fire? Will they die? No. Why? Because he doesn't want it to die. Because justice is not full. The moment you know, he doesn't know that, that Jesus' death finishes justice. He didn't know that. He would never do that. He would never kill Jesus. How, who would have known that? That Jesus' death would finish justice? God the Father. 
That's called the deep things of God. And you thought the deep things of God is how is the DNA being made? That's not the deep things of God. The deep things of God are related to justice and righteousness. And if you do not know it, you will be shaken. That's the deep things of God. Deep things of God are concerning how full your justice is and how full your righteousness is. You need to know that. Because out of it flows everything that you need for life. As a righteous man walking on the banks of the river Galilee, did he lack anything? Was he everything supplied for him? Did he walk with the finest of clothes? Did he live in the best house? He, did he have the best popularity? Did uh, multitudes search him from all over the countryside? Did all the healing, did any demons uh, uh, defy him? Let any sickness was too much for him. No. He walked as the perfect of a full righteous man. He started his ministry by saying, let it be so to fulfill all righteousness. That's how you start. You start with that position. Your righteousness is full. And what will a man who is full of righteousness do? I mean, in Nazareth, they tried to stone him. And Jesus just walked through their midst. I mean, how did he walk through the midst? Because they couldn't touch him. That means it was like a like, like quantum physics at a different level. He just walked through them. I mean, can you believe I can walk through uh, Alkesh in this body? And he walked through Alkesh in this body. He just walked through it like this. He just walked through it. How can a stinking Jewish man of four days just be levitated mummified and brought to the entrance of a tomb. How does that happen? What natural law is he defying? Because he's not operating, he's operating as a righteous man who can receive whatever he wants. Because he said before he raised up Lazarus from the tomb, he said, Father, I know that you have heard me. Because he knows why the father always hears. No, the righteous man. Because what does the Bible say? The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Jesus is not operating as the son of God and asking from the father. He is. But he is also operating as a fact that he is my beloved son. A son who has not done anything wrong. And he says, I, am, I know if I ask you. In fact, here, Jesus had a reputation among the disciples. Man, go to him. Whatever he asked the father. I mean, like, like Peter had a crazy request. What was the crazy request? Can I walk on water? I love it. He had a crazy request. Can I walk on water? So Jesus, father, Jesus is like, Father, what do you think? No problem, brother. He can walk on water. Okay. Come. He said, come. Because your father said to Jesus, tell him, come. Jesus said to Peter, come. So father is not arguing with the son. I, I, I know your ministry is very strong, very popular and all that. But really, <laughs> do you need this? <laughs> your, your followers are asking to walk on water. Do you want to answer? I mean, I understand healing the sick, healing the mother-in-law, all that. But really, Peter's walking on water. I mean, do you really need that? You only give what you need, but not... Yeah, the fa I only give what you need. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, really, uh, uh, Jesus, can you please take them into a discipleship program and tell them that you only get what you need? <laughs> oh. So Jesus looks at the father and says, Peter asking to walk on water, just like same, same. I walk on water. He wants to walk on water also. What do you say? Jesus, God, Father says, yeah, sure, let him come. And Jesus, I'll tell you why this is biblical. Because Jesus said, I only speak, I only do what I see my father do. I only speak what I hear my father say. So he physically saw the father calling Peter out, come. Ah, oh, my father, this is great. I mean, total luxury. I mean, this like guy has no need. I mean, there is no need on God's green earth for Peter to walk on water. Nothing. Total luxury. Because he wanted it. And Jesus says, Father, what do you think about this? Father says, look what I am going to do. Peter, come. He heard it in the spirit. So Jesus said, Peter, come. And Peter started walking on water. And that's, that's what he says, the deep things of God. Do you know that you are, a, you are at that level where your righteousness availeth much? That you can ask for stuff. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Who said that? Christ the teacher. See, what does the teacher do? The teacher tells stuff that is accurate. And removes bad teaching. He is a teacher. He says, you are thinking that this house is a place where you will serve me. God. You will bring offerings and appease me. Because I am God. But I say to you, this house shall be called a house of asking. You can ask whatever you want. Not just for the Jews. But for all nations. That means for the Gentiles. Oh no, no, no. Gentiles cannot come into the kingdom of into the temple of God. Forget about Gentiles. Un, like, if you had a bad night, you could not come into the temple. <laughs> if you are in that period of the month, you couldn't come into the temple. If you had some blemish in your skin, you couldn't come into the temple. I mean, they were very clear. Forget about Gentiles. They were like cleaning out everybody. <laughs> like, I don't think I don't know who went into the temple. <laughs> you know? And it was like the one time in one year and the two by fear and trembling, the high priest went inside. I mean, that's how it was. They had no authority to have a fellowship with this God. But Jesus comes as a teacher. He tells them, you know what? My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. So who is correct? Christ, the teacher's words or what you have heard before? Because he is revealing the deep things of God. Amen? Amen? Okay, let's look at the ne next verse. Now we have received, look at verse 13, 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Now we have not received the spirit of the world. That this world has a spirit. There's a, it's a spirit of... Uh, not the devil. I, I mean, it looks like the devil, but we, we have not received the spirit of the world. Yeah, it's the spirit of the devil in some sense. But the spirit means, it's how the world operates. Yeah, the spirit of the flesh. That means they operate everything by looking, feeling, touching, time, subject to time, or oh, four months, then the harvest. You know? Jesus says, no, look, lift up your eyes. 
it, the fields are white unto harvest right now. So the world says, no, 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 no. Now it is what, July, right? Um, June. Today's June, right? So it's June. Uh, if you want to get a promotion, Manor, you will only get it in? August, September, correct? So, because the natural law is promotions, appraisals only happen then. Like if you are going to get healed, you can only get healed how many days? Seven days. Right? It's always a natural law. Because we have not received the spirit of the world. We have not received that spirit. We don't have, we don't operate by natural law. We do not operate, I mean, you, you have not, <laughs> whether you operate like that or not, but you have not received it. Say, I have not received it. Then you say, but how, how am I operating it? You're working very hard <laughs> to operate without having the spirit. You have not received, but you're still operating like that. That is like kudos to you, man. You're really great. You have not operate, you do not receive the spirit of the world, but you operate like the world. The world I can understand. They operate because they receive the spirit of the world. But you have not received the spirit of the world. Why are you like, have you gone to a party and it and it is not your party? And you are like, you don't know anybody? I mean, it is very clear. It is not your party. You are not invited. So what are you doing there? So that's how God says, Manar, not your world. I've called you out of the world. Why are you operating like the world? What are you doing there? I mean, it's like, what are you doing there? I mean, that's not your, that's not your world. You have not received, you have not received it. You know? So, okay, C come back to it. Verse 30. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we may know what? The things which have been freely given. See, that's why you need to have revelation knowledge from the Holy Spirit. To know what? You want to know where the coupons are. <laughs> See, that's what the Holy Spirit will tell you. Anil, Present this coupon, the free coupon, because you have, see, you don't look at the label. Oh, it says $150,000. What do you need? You can either pay $150,000 or, or use the coupon. It's called, I love it, Raj said. That's why it's called redemption of the coupon. That's so beautiful. Who will give you the coupon? The Holy Spirit. And he has coupons that do not expire for you. But you have to present it. You have to present it. You should know the things that are freely given by the Holy Spirit. But you'll say, but oh, this house is a million dollar house. I can never afford it. Yes. Have you received the spirit of the world? No. Is there any doubt about it? No. The spirit of the world is the spirit of the calculator. <laughs> it operates by 1 plus 1 is what? 2. You can throw away that calculator in the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God doesn't operate by calculator. 5 plus 2 is equal to? No. 5,000. How is 5 plus 2, 5,000? Five loaves and two fishes is 5,000 and 12 baskets left over. You tell me, which calculator models that? And the funny part is, the calculator
consistent. Seven loaves and how many? Two fish. Two fish fed how many? Four thousand. I mean, <laughs> like this, is a, this is a crazy calculator. So you have more fish. It should feed more than 5,000, correct? It actually feeds less. Not even counting women and children. Not, I mean, it's like totally. So you throw away your calculator. The spirit of the world is the spirit of the calculator. You have to get rid of that calculator because that it's, you have not got that. So what says on the outside, you can receive it for free by the spirit of God who reveals it to you. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this is how you operate as in the kingdom. And Paul's writing to the Corinthians, he says, I cannot share all this with anybody. Who do I share this with? Mature. Mature. I know you love signs and wonders, but let me tell you something more. Why do you need signs and wonders when you can expect to live a lifestyle of miracles? When you can expect to operate in the natural law of the kingdom of God and that will be a supernatural law correct when you can expect to receive that when you can receive an abundance all the time when you start living the deep things of God the things that are freely given to you by the spirit amen okay let's read it beautiful can I say something yes yes Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's the wisdom that Second first, first Corinthians chapter 2 starts with. We, are, we, are, we want to share this wisdom to you. And you think wisdom is too worldly. We don't want the wisdom. We just want signs and wonders. No, 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 no. This is not the wisdom of men. This is the wisdom of God which reveals what? Deep things of God. What deep things? <laughs> Very simple. Free. What is given free? Because the free things are the deep things of God. You know, in the world, it's exactly the opposite. If you want the deep things, guess what? They are not free. It is pay. You have to pay. And even when you pay, like in some of these country clubs, right? They just have a fixed membership. Even if you get a million dollars, you cannot get in. Why? Because it's deep, brother. It's deep. <laughs> Your money is of no use. It's a specific, deep thing. It's deep. But that's not how the thing is. With God, it's free. The deep things of God are freely given. And the challenge with God is not everybody is having access to it. Because as Sushil was talking about prophetically, that because wisdom 
you have not received to access that thing. And that wisdom is only given through the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Okay. Just look at it. Verse 13. Freely given to us by God. Verse 13. These things we also speak. Now Paul is speaking this to a Gentile church. These things. These free things. These things. Say free things. So whenever you hear the word things in the New Testament and Paul, say free things when it comes to it. Whenever you say things means there is no price attached to it. There is no labor attached to it. There's not something that you have to work for. Like you'll say, but no, Anil, I'm not working according to the world. No, but even spiritually. It's like, no, I need to be more righteous to be able to reach that level where I can operate in that level of healing, prosperity, provision. So let me ask you a question. Is that free or not free? It's free. So free means it's easily available. But you need what to access it? Wisdom. Wisdom. Like, like we talked about that safe deposit box in the house. All you need to know is what? Ask the spirit. No, all you need to know is ask the spirit. But after that, what do you want to know from the spirit? The location of it. It doesn't mean that it's very tough to open it. In fact, it might be very, it might be, by the way, all our millions are stored in this, okay? <laughs> you all never took this, all these live team meetings. But now, this evening, I'm going to keep it back. But it's revealed, right? But, but it's like that. It's always there in the front of you. But you never bothered to steal this from my house. Yes or no? Why? Not because of that. You're righteous. You're not going to steal from me. <laughs> Everybody's color came out. I didn't know. Otherwise, I would have stolen. <laughs> okay, but no, I'm, what I mean to say is part of, part of it is revelation, right? You didn't know that. Was it difficult to pick this up from my house? No, it was always available. But no wisdom. Because you look through this <laughs> and there's nothing in it, right? But you don't know that behind this is a QR code for a million dollars. And you are thinking of cash. There's only, only $5,000 can fit in this. But can a million dollars fit in a QR code? Of course. He does the wisdom of God. How do you access it? By the Spirit of God. And the things that are freely given to you. And how easy is it to scan a QR code? Very easy. You can transfer billions using a code. Correct? And that's how God is. That's, that's how God is saying. Okay, verse 13. These things we also speak, not with the words of man's wisdom teachers. Now, we didn't use man's wisdom to explain this. Right? We didn't use man's wisdom. It says, but which the Holy Spirit teaches... But which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things to spiritual things. So he will take stuff from the scripture and compare it to you and reveal it to you. Like he would not, he's not taking just natural things and comparing. He will use spiritual things to spiritual things. He will say what the, the temple is and explain that in today's world, how in the new covenant you can operate. And he will take the scripture and open it up for you. 
and compare it. So that the Holy Spirit only gives that. The human, like, these things were already there, but nobody knows it until the Holy Spirit compares it. Or compares means he says, like, we, I just use this comparison of this one, correct? Something that I had. So he uses something very ordinary and says, guess what? Just because you see something doesn't mean it is not there. And he compares it and he reveals to you from the scripture the things that are freely given to you from God. Okay, verse 16, uh, verse uh, 14, sorry. For the natural man does not receive, say does not receive. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. What did I say when I when you, you see the word things? The free things. Now let's read it with that understanding. The natural man does not receive the free things. I mean, in this world, who does not receive free things? What is the answer? The natural man. <laughs> but in the natural, everybody receives free things. But who doesn't receive the free things of God? The natural man. Why does the natural man, like for example, if I tell you, by this time next year, you will be a billionaire. I love it. I love it. It's a QR code. What's your problem? Just scan it. Correct? By this time next year, you'll be a billionaire. Correct? So, either you can say, ah, not possible. Why? The natural. Because my natural method, it is not possible. Because there is only enough for next year to happen. How many days, how many months are left? <coughs> Five months. Okay, by this time next year is how many months? Twelve months. <laughs> How many promotions more <laughs> you need to have before you hit a billion dollars? So what will you do? If I ask you that genuine question, how many promotions do you need before you hit a billion dollars next year? What will you do? I don't need You will need a calculator. Correct? And I'm sure you can calculate the number of multiple that you need. Correct? Right? Right. Do you believe that multiple? You don't. You, you don't. You're not able to believe that multiple. So the natural man cannot receive. Correct? Okay, keep reading. For they are... Foolishness. <laughs> what do you mean I'm going to be a billionaire by next time? This is foolishness. Why? Because that multiple that you put in that, into that calculator is foolishness. Like, can you tell me can you do a quick calculator? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. It's very simple to do it. Let, let's say an average, how much bonus do you, how much increment can you do? Let's look at the, how, how much times would you need? Uh, let's say how many, how many thousands do you get on an average promotion? Let's assume, naturally, Ericsson. 30,000? Maybe, yeah. 30,000? 20,000. 20,000? Let's give it 30,000. 30,000? A billion divided by 30,000? See, that's also a big problem. We don't even know how many zeros are there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a natural man. 
That's a natural problem, right? You, have like, you don't even know how many zeros are there in the middle. But everybody knows how many zeros are there in the thousand. Because we have always lived in the thousand. We let, let's, so let's start today by let's finding out how many zeros are there in the system. Yeah. So the way you see, the, even your calculator does not even accommodate. Have you tried it? Going maximum 10 million. Yeah. Ten, okay. So the way you use this calculator, and billionaires know this, you flip it, make it horizontal. See? See? Now you have to use calculators on a horizontal layout. See, because because I have thought about being a billionaire. And I've worked on that calculator using the horizontal layout. Yeah. Correct? See, you have to at least start, right? Yeah. Right? It's a good start. It's a good start. So start, if you're going to use a calculator, use a horizontal layout calculator. Because, see, your natural mind has not even got there. It's only a vertical. And the world knows. Don't even waste the time giving them a horizontal layout. They are never going to make a billion dollars in their life. Right? But no, because it is foolishness. Okay, did you calculate how many multiples it is? 33. You need 33 times? 33 million times. He, did you hear that? If Manor needs to become a billionaire by next year, his, he needs 33 million promotions between now and next year. How many seconds are there between, uh, in, in how many seconds are there in one year? So 33 million promotions. So everybody pray for Manohar. <laughs> you see how you see how it works, correct? Okay. How many seconds are there? Three sixty. Multiply by three sixty. Jyotra is already tuned out. <laughs> I am only an English teacher. <laughs> Jyotsna, English teaching is not going to feed you. It's a <laughs> 31 million. 1 million. Huh? 1 million, almost close to 1 million seconds. 31 million seconds. Times in a year? No, no. There are only 1 million seconds in a year? No, no. 31 million. Guys, we are taking a break because we are having... <laughs> Okay, so do we, so there are 31 million seconds. How many promotions do you need? 33. You don't know, you do not even have enough time. <laughs> yeah. Your boss, your boss, boss, ha, the boss needs at least half an hour to give you a promotion. Yes or no? <laughs> even if, even if he wanted to give you a promotion, he cannot give you a promotion. It's like, is that pathetic, right? You just don't even have the time to get that promotion. Okay, that's where the problem is, right? The natch, it's foolishness to him. Natural man doesn't have time to become a billionaire. The natural man doesn't have a time. It's foolishness to him. Why? Look at what he says. Foolishness to him, but... Foolishness to him, nor can he know them. Know them. He, does, he cannot, it's foolishness to him, nor can he know them. Because they what? They are spiritually discerned. That means they are spiritually hidden. Did Jesus know how the five loaves and two fishes is going to become 
feed 5,000 and more leftover and more leftover. He didn't care. He just knew that he could operate out of the spirit and receive that. Was he using a calculator? In fact, the disciples were calculator. They, they did bring a calculator in the wilderness. How do you know that? They count because they counted. They, no. They said? They were like, exactly, Madar. Six months of wages is not enough to feed these people. Even a little. Forget about it. So six, they, that means they brought a calculator to the wilderness. They calculated. Somebody was calculating. Ah, six months, six months, brother, six months. Naturally, it was dessert. But did the 5,000 get fed? Calculator or no calculator? It appeared foolish. In fact, after that, they said, truly, this is the prophet who is supposed to come into the world. And that's what the wisdom of God is. The things that are freely given to you by the Spirit. Why do you need to understand it? But if you can receive it. And that's what the Holy Spirit says. Allow me, if I can give my son, will he not along with him? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Will he not along with him? Freely give. Not make you pay a price. Make you mature. Make you grow up. Make you wait 40 years in the wilderness. No. When? Freely. You walk in that abundance. Some things. Okay. Raj, I know you Raj, I know you are out there, but we are starting with a few. Can we can we get to at least the few the freely things? <laughs> But I think by next lifetime, we'll get to the all things, right? Yeah, that's so true. All things, freely things. Okay, look at verse 15. But he who is spiritual, that means he who listens to the spirit. What? Judges all things. That means he doesn't say, hey, I need so many promotions for this to happen. I judge. No, I don't need it. I don't need this job to make me a billionaire. I don't need this. Medicine for me to be healed. I don't need so many years. I, everybody says that I will get old and I will have all these diseases. I judge it. No. I judge it. I judge it. Because I am the guy who is judging. Correct? If I say there will be no rain in the land. No rain. No rain. I say it will be rain in the land. It will rain so much that you have to run. So who, who is judging? I judge. I judge. Who is this I? Who are you? The righteous. In fact, let me give a classic example. Do you remember Jesus says to the disciples, and I wanted, I wanted to really teach on it. I don't know whether we can split it up into two sessions, but it's really, really very powerful. Okay. Um, so Jesus says to the disciples, this is after he shared this word about the source was the word. It's very interesting. Very powerful chapter. Very powerful chapter. Now that you, if you understand that, you will understand the words of Christ. Okay. I know I, I, I cannot go everywhere, but let's look at it. So Jesus said to the disciples, after he just shared this parable and explained this whole parable about revelation from the spirit. And he explains it and he breaks it down. He says, 
Let me explain you this parable because it's a mystery, correct? Same, same chapter. It has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but for the those who are outside, it is hidden. Same. He's saying, I will tell you how the kingdom operates, Prasad. The other doctors are going to struggle, but you are not. But you need to receive from me the way. <coughs> so this is what the disciples, Jesus is explaining. So he is being what? A teacher or a prophet? Teacher. See, that's what I'm trying to say. You have received Jesus as a savior. You have to receive Jesus as a teacher. You need to know how to operate in this world from by listening to the words of this teacher called who? Christ. You're like, God save me and get me out of here. No. Let me teach you how to be prosperous on this earth. Let me teach you how to become a billionaire in one week. Let me teach you how to be a skin being restored like a young person. Let me teach you how to open the eyes of the blind. But that is not possible. You know the eye has a billion red nerve cells and there's a... Arlene, let's test your medical knowledge. How, how, how many rods and cords are there in an eye? Whatever she says, I will have to believe it. <laughs> we, we all have to believe it. It's like what Birbal asked Akbar. Akbar asked Birbal, how many, uh, how many liters of water are in this, uh, in this well? And he was like, 1,243,000, uh, to an exact number. Cubits. Because he knows. He is not going to measure it. <laughs> So, but that's the whole point because the natural law is it. So, he, Jesus, so Jesus, after he explains this whole pa parable, explain, and we'll talk about it. Very powerful. Very, very powerful. He does exactly what he said in that word. He says, the sower sows the word and goes to sleep. Correct? And the earth produces the fruit. He doesn't know how. Correct? So, who is sowing? No, 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 no. In that passage, who is sowing? Jesus. He's the teacher. Say he's the teacher. What does he sow? The word. Where does the word fall? In us. That's the ground. Correct? And the ground produces what automatically? No. <laughs> and his ground produces seed. It's a big problem. <laughs> it, produces, it produces fruit and which produces a seed, correct? So, it automatically produces, the ground automatically, but what does the ground have to do for, nothing, but it has to do one thing. Sleep. No, not the ground. <laughs> the ground doesn't sleep, the ground is producing all night. What you see in the morning is <laughs> not is not supernatural. It is like <laughs> he's worked all night for you, you know. So the ground, but the ground is your heart, right? The, your ground is your life. It it produces, it works night and day. But you, 
who but it has to do what to the seed it has to no receive it it has to say yes i'll receive it the moment he receives it everything else is automatic say automatic the word who gives the word correct so he gets one point today the teacher gives the word who is the teacher christ not jesus yeshua is the one who says christ is the anointed one who teaches he is the anointing and that's the same anointing which is on the holy spirit so he is the christ correct christ the teacher releases the word into you your job is not to say it doesn't make sense it is foolishness i can never become a billionaire or i can never get healed this can never happen that's not your job the teacher should have thought about it before releasing it yes or no whose responsibility for that word the teacher not yours your responsibility is what receive it say yes i receive it then what happens automatically the bible says he who sows goes to sleep and the earth produces fruit and brings forth on its own say on its own so once you receive the word that christ speaks correct your life produces everything that the word was sent to produce like the word says anil you're going to be a billionaire so my job is what with that word i receive it saying what i don't discern i don't i don't analyze it i don't break my head over it i don't take out my calculator and if i take out my calculator i don't put it in a vertical format <laughs> you know so you do not you do not do that right so you receive it say yes lord why because who knows whether the word is true or not the teacher that's his responsibility if he says you are going to be a billionaire i don't know why we are talking about billions today here but i'm sure there's a reason right but because it is crazy for a lot of you as a as a mindset correct but that's not that's not our job as on our job so so he says you will you will you you're going to be a billionaire you you you're going to be a billionaire so you just receive it right you believe it you just say believe it and jesus was gone to sleep <laughs> he's gone he's gone to sleep because he says what he knows his law his law is i release the word the earth produces fruit on its own it doesn't need your help say automatically why does it produce the fruit why no because the seed is powerful it has all the ingredients to multiply within the seed itself the word the word that was released to you about your prosperity has in it word and has in the word itself the ability the seed the word itself has the ability to produce the end result it doesn't need your contribution because he is filled zion 
with justice and righteousness. There is nothing more that you can add to it. He just released the word. Your job is to receive it and say amen to it. Jesus goes to sleep because he knows that his word will produce. He has total confidence in his word. He, his only question to you is, Prasad, do you believe in this word? You believe me, but do you believe this word? Let me ask you a question. If I say, I'm be I believe Manohar, <laughs> I was like, but I don't believe anything he says. <laughs> See how illogical it is. I believe Manohar, but I do not believe anything he says. And that's how you treat Jesus. I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe anything he says. You cannot do that. You have, <laughs> like, if you, if you believe a person, then it's, it's, I mean, it's not like I'm believing in a shirt and pants and underwear and shirt. You know, that's not what I, when I say, you know, brother, I believe in Manohar. I believe he wears pants. <laughs> that's not what I'm, that's not what the world is asking when he's doing what I believe in. When they say, I believe Manohar, what do they understand? You trust him. Yeah, I believe what he says. Words of his mouth. I doesn't. I, I believe he sleeps. Everybody believes. Everybody sleeps. I believe he dresses well. No, everybody believes. When I say I believe him, I believe his words. Correct. So when you say you believe Jesus, he wants to know whether you believe my words or not. Do you believe this word? All he needs is for you to say yes, because that's when the seed gets to work. You get this power? Mark chapter 4 is powerful. He says, if you do not understand this parable, how will you understand all parables? Let me translate according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If, if you do not know how to understand this mystery, how will you understand all the other mysteries that I'm going to explain to you? Why? Why is it important to understand the mystery of the word, sowing, uh, the sower sows the word. Why is it important to understand that mystery first? Because if you don't believe that the seed, uh, the word of the God, whatever he tells, uh, that is also subsequently comes as a seed. Okay. He says, but if you don't believe this mystery, this mystery of how the word operates, you will not be able to receive any of the other mysteries of the kingdom. Why? The same principle is needed to receive the other uh, mysteries of the kingdom. And what is the principle? Hearing. The mystery of hearing. We receiving, hearing and receiving. You need to hear. When I say hearing means not just physical hearing. You heard the word and received it. If you don't receive that principle, you cannot receive anything from God about the deep things of God concerning any of the other mysteries because the principle to receive is the same principle. The principle is of what? Hearing. Okay. Now I'm going to introduce you to a very famous verse that you have heard but you always miss mistranslated. It is mistranslated in a lot of versions. Faith comes by hearing. hearing. 
and hearing? Wrong. The word of Christ. The original Hebrew, Greek, is very clear on it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the rematos of Christos. Faith doesn't come by hearing God. Because God has spoken a lot of things in the Bible. But not all of that is for you. So everything that is couched and put under, this is the word of God, brother, is junk. And no faith comes through it. The law was proceeded from God or not? But the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, the law is not of faith. So faith doesn't come by meditating on, on your works according to Deuteronomy. Faith doesn't come on all the commandments and the ordinances. Faith doesn't come on everything. Where does faith come? Faith comes when God sent his only son into the world and told them, teach them what I want. And when they believe that, not making sense, you say, but, but, but the, doesn't the law says to stone the one who commits adultery? What do you say? I say what? He who is without sin shall cast the first stone. Was that the words of God or the words of Christ? Christ. What did the word of God say at that point of time? Stone. But was the word of Christ not the word of God? Yes. But God changed his words. Why? Because somebody paid to fill, fulfill all justice and all righteousness and now he will do what he wants to do and you say no you have to operate according to the old God I don't like this new God God says Jesus can you become a man and physically go down they don't seem to believe my word of hasid and my grace and my compassion why don't you physically go and demonstrate to them that the father has a bad reputation you do what I say you to do. Don't do anything else. <laughs> like Jesus was like, Jesus. in fact, you think Jesus was kind and father was harsh? In fact, Jesus says, I would have judged you a long time back, but I only do what my father says to do. <laughs> he used the word, he used the terminology. I don't know if the right, the right, the right words. He said, I, 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 have, I would have known no patience with you, but my father told me to do. Everything that he did on the earth was as a representation of the father. He was a physical embodiment. Remember when, when God, man ate of the tree of the knowledge and good and evil, what did God say? God, the God had talked among themselves and said, you better stop them from getting to the tree of life. Then they will never die. Because that, who, who doesn't want you to die? The devil. The devil. I know that doesn't make sense, Correct. The devil doesn't want you to die. What does he want you to do? He wants you to pay the price forever. Watch this here. This is huge. The world doesn't understand this. The devil doesn't want to kill you. In fact, in the end time tribulation, the Bible says there will be so much persecution. Men will seek death and death will flee them. Why? The 
devil wants to persecute you, doesn't want to finish paying up the justice. Like it's like a creditor. He is sitting on your big house, uh, vacation house, and he's enjoying with a martini. I mean, the landlord I'm talking about, the creditor. He's enjoying all your beach. It's your house, but you owe 300,000 on that house. So he he's sitting and he's waiting. Um, Tarun, you can live in this house, but uh, you know, you owe 300,000 on this house. If you pay off 300,000, uh, you can own the house. In the meantime, me, my family, my children, my grandkids, we're all going to enjoy the swimming pool. Because till you, it's your house, but you owe money to me, so I'm going to enjoy. If I want to extend my stay in my house, what does he want you to do? Never finish paying. No, he wants monthly payment. Yeah, he wants monthly payment. But every time you come close to paying, you say, ah, there is 30% interest over that balance minus that, late penalty on this day, minus this, minus that. Continue to pay. Because while you continue to pay, I can continue to torment you. You got it? And that's the point of the enemy. So Jesus came. So, so the Godhead looked at Man and says, now we need to keep them away from the tree of life. Why? Because if they now eat the tree of life, they will never die. And if they will never die, what will happen? Will justice ever be paid? How long will they remain a sinner? That's bad. See, out of the mercy of God, the God had decided to put cherubims on all the four sides saying stop them from accessing the tree of life as an unrighteous man they cannot pretend to be righteous and access that fruit just like you cannot be pretend to be unrighteous and access the the law the law Lot of believers, they pretend as if they are not righteous and they are going and eating of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. Like, why would you do that? You just got delivered out of it. Why would you go back onto a transaction-based lifestyle? Like, I only have to do this, then only I will be blessed. I need to be good to everybody, then only I will be blessed. I will... Do you want the sure mercies of David or not? What are the sure mercies of David? Jesus says in Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter, we'll talk about it. Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter 30. No, Isaiah chapter 55. After Isaiah chapter 55, he says, listen carefully to me. Eat what is good and let your soul delight Delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear. Again, look at what he's saying. Listen. Listen to my words. Who is talking here? Christ. The teacher. This is God. Remember, Jesus used the same words when he stood in the temple and said, Ho, oh, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Did you hear that? Did you know that? Jesus spoke the same words. You know, he quoted Isaiah chapter 55. At the beginning, look at how Isaiah chapter 55 opens up. <clears throat> Ho, everyone who thirsts, 
come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what doesn't satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear <coughs> and come to me here. And your soul, did you, do you see how many times the word listen, hear, incline, He's talking about what? What is Jesus speak saying as a teacher? Listen to my words. If you listen to my words of this compassion, of the fact that you're righteous in me, that justice is met, that your sins are forgiven, if you listen to these words, these words don't make any sense to you. But listen to me. Why do you, you buy without price? Again, what is that question? What does that mean? Freely. He said, I'm going to give you this freely. All you have to do is what, Prasad? Hear it. Underline that word. Listen. Hi, listen. What, what will he do? Isaiah 55 is huge. And I was going to study Isaiah 55 today. I don't know if we have the time today. But let's, let's go to it. He says, verse 3. Underline that. Incline your ear and come to me. What does he say? Here. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, you just stole four times here already. I get the point. But it's important because he is now the sower, sowing the word. Your responsibility is to hear. Correct? So you're supposed to hear it. That means you're supposed to hear and receive it. Correct? Here. Here is the same thing as receive. You hear it means you believe it. You, you hear it. Okay? So when, when, say, when God says... I told Tarun to go to this place and he heard me. Means what? That's why everything else is understood. It doesn't mean, yeah, it was an audible voice and he heard me, but he just sit there. No. When, when God says he heard me, means what? He received it. He received the word. So God, your responsibility to this incredible word of the mystery of the free. I love that word. The incredible mystery of the free is what? I hear it. I believe it. I receive it. That's all. That's your responsibility. It's incredible. Doesn't make any sense. But I believe it, I receive it. Look at what he says. Verse 3. Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live. He's not talking about your spirit because your spirit is already alive in Christ Jesus forever. But your soul, all your emotions, your mind, your pr- everything that you need for life here will live. Your soul, tell your soul. Uh, have you tried explaining to your soul your emotions? I know you are feeling sick, but don't worry. Christ has paid the price. You think the soul is happy? When will the soul be happy? When the pain is gone. The soul is emotions, mind, feelings. The spirit is always happy because the spirit is seated with Christ in heavenly places. He knows the truth. But the soul needs abundance. It has to see it. It has to build, it has to manifest in it. And how and Jesus says, I know when you listen to my words, your soul will be in abundance. Huge. What does Psalms 23 say? The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. Because I shall not have any lack in my life, guess what? Say the Psalms 23 again. He, he makes me lie down in green pastures. That means there is ample supply of grace, right? Green pastures, not in the wilderness. See, he's not making you lie down in the wilderness and telling your soul, believe, believe. <laughs> Don't just depend on your emotions. Believe, believe that you are in a green place. Believe, picture, visualize. You're in a green place. No. <laughs> My shepherd is here. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And then what's going to happen? He restores my soul. Your soul, soul is only going to be restored once you see green pastures and have suffered no lack. You can beat your soul as much as you want, but you better provide some green grass and good supply. And who will provide that? The shepherd. You got that thing? So your soul delights in abundance. Why? You listen to the word, the word of Christ. You receive it. You say, I receive that word, that he's my good shepherd. He, he doesn't want me to lack. Doesn't make any sense. He wants me to rest. And guess what? And he will supply all my needs. And he starts, and you start receiving, and your soul starts becoming abundant. Right? That's why he says in First John, right? First, third John, he says, I pray, brethren, that you will prosper in all things as your soul prospers. Because prosperity is linked to your soul. He doesn't say your spirit. Spirit doesn't need any prosperity. Spirit is already rich in Christ Jesus. But your soul needs that. Your soul will only prosper as you prosper. And it's connected. So it has to manifest in that. And that's when your emotions are all in line. And the Bible says it will only happen when you receive my word that I send out. And the word is, incline here, come to me, here, and your soul will live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Underline that. This covenant is not based on your performance. That means everlasting. Anything, anything in you hear in the Bible, everlasting. Say, I am not in it. As works, not as a, as a person. See, because man cannot be consistent in doing anything everlasting. Like you do something good today, it doesn't last. But if there's a word everlasting attached to it, there better be God involved in it. Because God is the only one who can make everlasting covenants. Everlasting covenants. Only God can do that. So he says, I'll make an everlasting covenant with you. That means the moment you hear everlasting covenant, you should start rejoicing. Hallelujah. When, when God, uh, when Noah came out of the uh, ark and he offered this offering and God smelt it, he was so delighted. He says, I am going to make an everlasting covenant with you. What is the cover covenant? No, no. For, for, for the sake of man. I will, for the sake of all, all flesh, I think. Flesh. I will not destroy all. He used the word all. I will never again destroy all. Means what? He set an everlasting covenant of the principle of a remnant. Say remnant. That means however evil things are, there will always be a remnant. 
I will never destroy everything. And he started using that principle that he set in motion to rescue Lot, to rescue Israel when they turned against Jesus. Paul says in Romans chapter 11, at this time, there remains a remnant. Because Israel has rejected Jesus, crucified him. But God says, I remember one day I had made a covenant to myself that I will never again destroy all. I have a principle now. However bad things are, there will always be a remnant that I have reserved for myself. So there are a couple of principles that God has set into the motion. One is a picture of a tithe. And we'll talk about it some other time. And the other is a principle of remnant. And this remnant came out of that thing. And God has decided that there will always be a remnant. Correct? Okay. Then he said a remnant. He said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never cease. It's a covenant. So he says, earth remains. Two things will always happen. What happened? Seed time and harvest. So he says, whatever you sow, you will reap. Why did he institute this principle? He didn't say, if you sow and you're righteous, then you will receive harvest. Interesting. He said, as long as the earth remains. So what is the condition for seed time and harvest to remain? The earth has to remain. So as long as there is earth, what's going to happen? There is harvest. Say, as long as there is earth, there is harvest. Correct? So why did he institute that? Because he's thinking about Mark chapter 4. Sower sows the word. He says, as long as my Messiah, my teacher that I send into the world, releases the word, doesn't matter how evil the people are. Doesn't matter how crazy they don't believe in their righteousness. As long as they receive that word, because what remains? Earth remains. What's going to happen? Harvest will come. Hallelujah. You see, the things that God has instituted by his own effort is also for your benefit so that you cannot excuse yourself out of the blessing by your works. What a brilliant wisdom of God. He says, uh, George, you believe that word, but lately you've been not doing very well in your quiet time with me. But because I have said you remain, right? Earth remains. You are the ground. As long as you remain, you receive the word, guess what's going to happen? Harvest will surely come. It applies even for the Gentile right now. When the Gentile sows, the Gentile reaps. How? Because, not because the Gentile remains. Why? The earth remains. Because the Gentile has been sowing into what? Into the earth. So that's how you need to now look at. That's why Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand all parables? So why did Jesus say the sower sows the word and goes to sleep? Why? Okay, go back to Mark chapter 4. Go to Mark chapter 4. And we'll close with this uh, passage. And we'll, we'll continue this later on. Okay, we have a lot of things to say. 
we have just started, but Mark chapter 4. Okay, I'm not going through the whole parable, you already know that. Okay, let's Mark chapter 4, verses 26. Same passage, he's still explaining the source of the word. He says, and he said, the kingdom of God is like a man, that a man should scatter seed on the ground, that's the earth, correct? And should sleep. Say, should sleep. Why is he, why should he sleep? It's not even because according to him, he knows what God has made an everlasting covenant with the earth. What is he, what is the covenant with the earth? As long as it is sown, once, when does the seed becomes a seed? When it is sown. Till then it remains what? A fruit that you eat, correct? Like you eat an apple, it's an apple. But the moment you take the apple and sow it into the ground, like, I mean, apple has a seed, but more, there are so many seeds. Like, let's take a Peter. Huh? Corn. 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 Corn you can eat directly also, correct? When it is in your mouth, is it a seed? Do you say, uh, Manor, what are you eating? I'm eating seed. No, you're eating corn. But you take that corn and put it into the ground. You say, Manor, what are you doing? I'm planting a seed. Something changed, correct? When the seed... When the ground accepted the corn, suddenly it changed its character to being a seed. And suddenly the, the law starts working. What is the law? Seed time and harvest shall not cease. So your job is to go to sleep, correct? The Bible says, this is Jesus. Who is Jesus, by the way, here? I love it. How do you know he's a teacher here? That's what you think. Go back to Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Yeah, let's go to Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Correct. See the first verse? So Jesus, the teacher, is now doing what? Saving or teaching? Why does he have to teach it? See, if he has to save you and get you to heaven, he doesn't need to teach you. But if you have to remain here and be prosperous and produce, he needs to do what to you? Teach you. You want Jesus the teacher or teacher Jesus the savior? Both. Why would you not listen to this teacher? Because that's why Isaiah 50 says, incline your ears to me, not as a savior, but as a teacher. Remember Romans chapter 10 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of a teacher. Who is the teacher? Christ. Christos. The rhema word of Christos. In fact, the Greek is very clear. Dia. Rematos. Christos. Dia means by. Rema, The revealed mystery of Christ's word. Hallelujah. I'm like, God, why did I not know this for the longest time? You know, I never knew that that, that is not God in that uh, verse. Faith comes by hearing. and then, you're, you're stuffed in with all these stupid doctrines, all under the garbage of saying that this is the word of God. And the zero faith to receive anything in life because you're not receiving the words of Christ, the teacher. And Satan doesn't want you to know that. This is God, God. 
Because under God, he can stuff all junk into it. Because everybody believes in God. And all, and, all, and all kinds of stuff is teached under God. In fact, the only measure of finding who is an antichrist is not that he doesn't deny God. He Christ. denies Christ. And John is very clear. He says, I'll tell you how to... These are the days of the last days and these are the days of the antichrist. I'll tell you. He's not the one who doesn't say, doesn't believe in God. He who does not believe in God and Christ. He who does not have the Christ does not have God. John is like very clear. He says, don't be fooled by people who use the word God, 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 This is the word of God. This is the word of God. That's God. This God. Everything. God, 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 God. Throw God all over. It's all junk. What is the words of Christ? Because Christ was sent by whom? God. God the Father. And he says, if who will tell you what the Father's words are? The one who was sent. sent. In fact, for John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the... He doesn't say in the beginning was the Savior. Why? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. Whose Word was this? God's Word. But this word, in fact, Jesus so identified with the fact of his father's word that he called himself, don't even waste calling me Jesus, just call me the word. In fact, in Revelation, when he comes back on the horse, he has a name written. The word. <laughs> it's like, ah, don't even waste calling me Jesus, Nazareth, just call me word. Whose word are you? The father's word. That means he identifies with the word of the father as he himself. Because he said, I don't do anything except the father does this. He says this, I do it. Whatever you hear from my mouth is the father speaking. In fact, he told uh, Philip, Philip said, can you please show us the father? I mean, three years. Uh, you are nice and cuddly and beautiful and handsome and loving. God, consuming fire, you know. <laughs> can you show me the consuming fire? For a little bit time, little consuming fire. And Jesus is like, Philip, what is his first question? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. He said, How long have I been with you? <laughs> it's like, it's a first how long have I been? How long have you been with me? You've seen me, you've seen the Father. You think I am this loving. Forgiving, abundantly pardoned, full of grace, and God is. Mm. And every time Jesus has to go and mediate, ah, Father, Father, please, please, please. They are good people, you know, they are good people. Leave them, leave them this time. And then, Father, okay, for your sake, I will leave them, but tell them not to do this again. And Jesus, Jesus, please be the mediator between me and God. And don't let us see the Father's face. Oh, but you are so cool. But this is totally wrong. Jesus is saying, are you crazy? I will kill, I would have killed you. <laughs> it is my father's love and he's long suffering and patient. I've come with his words to you. Let them know, Father. In fact, he says, when he says in John chapter 15, I have finished the work. What work? He has not gone to the cross. He has not died. He has not done anything. How is he saying he's finished the work? Yes! He said, I, have really, I brought the word that you sent me to preach and they believe it. Done. 
I'm done, I'm done. Now they believe that the father's reputation does not match. This is not the father. And I'm like, done. Did you get the picture? He said, and in fact, in John chapter 16, he says, don't, you know, don't even waste time talking to me. Ask the father directly. For the father himself loves you. What a revelation. I mean, we have written on all the boards, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me. As if the father is like this old man sitting out there, just waiting to whack you every time you make a mistake. Because you are confusing it with this God of the world. They have a picture of God that is not our father. Our father is the one who sent Jesus. Let's read. Let's tell me John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world. Where is the son in this? It's his idea. So it's like saying, the, uh, like George, no, George might not say, no, like Sushil, I love Sushil. He's not even on video. He's, he's going to send me a brand new suit from Amazon. By the way, if you're going to send me a suit, don't send it from Amazon, okay? Send me from some nice place. <laughs> like give you dropping all these hints on the side. <laughs> Yeah. If you're going to send me a suit, what's that? Joseph A. Banks. Joseph A. Banks. Okay. I like that. It sounds, it sounds biblical, right? Joseph Banks. Okay. Okay. So you're going to send me a suit through Amazon, let's say. And I get, and you, because why will you, why will Sushil you send me a suit? He doesn't have to put that hopefully out there. But that is a magic word. He loves me. Correct? He loves me. So he's going to send me a suit through Amazon. Correct? Because he loves me. Correct? So finally the Amazon delivery shows up. And the Amazon deliver driver op- knocks the door. And I uh, meet him at the door. And I hug him. Love him. Kiss him. I mean the guy will say, what are you, what are you doing? I know, I know you're a little crazy, but every time I come here, you're like hugging me, kissing me. You know, what is it? You say, oh, but what? You thought of me, man. You thought of me. You bought. How did you know what I like? The the driver is like, how did I know? I got this delivery slip. I just picked it up for you. No, no, you don't understand. You just know my taste. I mean, you're just good, man. You're good. Every day you come with the right stuff to my house. Do you see how illogical it is? Whose idea was it? Sushil's. So what should I do? Thanks, Sushil. Thanks, Sushil. Sushil. Advance, thank you. Thank you. Sorry. So, so, so you get this, you get this stuff, right? So you get this from the, from Sushil. This is what the father said. I have been sent. So he says to Jesus, I finished the work. I brought the word. They have believed it. You got the point? And that's what. And let's go back to Mark chapter 4 and then we'll close. Okay. The kingdom of God is like a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself knows not how. Did you notice that? 
Who is he in this? The teacher. The teacher, the one who is sowing, correct? He doesn't know how. And Jesus doesn't care, right? Because what is he doing while the seed is growing? Sleeping. sleeping. He said he should sleep by night and by day, correct? He's sleeping on both sides. Hold on. Okay, he's sleeping by night and rise by day, right? <laughs> like this. This might be like too much if he sleeps on both times. No. He should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should grow, sprout and grow. He himself doesn't know how. Because the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ was the resurrection of the word of God. Yes or no? Yes. Remember when God raised Jesus from the dead, was he, what was he raising? Correct. What was he raising? The word. The word of God. So did Jesus know how he was raised up? No. Because who raised him up? God, because he was dead. Remember? So he raised him up. Let me ask you a question. When he was created, does Adam know how he was created? No. How was Eve created? When he was, Adam was sleeping. When Adam was sleeping. He doesn't know. But he slept and he showed up with Eve. You got it? So that's how the picture of the word is. So Jesus slept. Jesus died and he rose again because the word rose again. Correct? So, the, he doesn't know how. He doesn't know. Okay, keep reading. He himself knows now. For the earth yields crop by itself. That's the law. The earth will yield crop by itself. That means your life will produce it. The earth will produce it. Your job is just to believe it. It's the job of the earth to supply it to you. It will produce it. it. What it say? It produces earth. If It produces it produces crops by what? Itself. itself, very clearly. It doesn't need any cultivation from your side. Oh, brother, I need to fast and pray over this word that it matures. No. If you are doing something, that means you are not sleeping. sleeping. You're not supposed to sleep. So the word is going to produce. That means you have to not worry about the word. Don't be constantly thinking, I believed in 2002, I believed about this. And now today it's 14 months and 32 days. No. You believe it. Because it's for you it is what? It is done. It is done. Because who is working on your background? The earth. The earth is working on the background. Remember even Jesus doesn't work. Because he's finished working. He says I've finished the work. Everybody has finished the work. The father has finished the work. The Holy Spirit has finished the work. Jesus has finished the work. What is he, Jesus waiting now? He's waiting for his enemies to be put under his feet. That means he's waiting for all the things to manifest what the father has said that he will be. So that's the job. Let's look at the next verse. Okay. The earth cr pr produce, yields crop by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, will drain the head. So there is a process of this manifestation. Yes or no? First the blade, then the head, and then the full grain in the head. So our job is, oh, this is this, brother I planted last year and this year is only blade. <laughs> Next year I will have full grain in the head. No! The fact that the blade showed up means what? 
Everything is going to show up. Because it has nothing to do with you any case. You don't have to encourage anything else. The earth produces crops by itself. I, I want you, brothers and sisters, I want you to just meditate on this verse till the next life team. The earth produces crops by itself. You have to believe it. Because who, who decided that? God. He said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. So God has decided that you receive the word of Christ in your life. It, that's why Jesus, Paul used the word, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. He's not talking about bad things. He's talking about the word of God. He said, God is not mocked. What do you mean? What do you mean, Alkesh? You say you believe and it doesn't manifest. What do you mean you're mocking me about this? This is my law. I've said it in the world. Whatever, I'm not mocked. I'm not mocked about what? About the fact that this law has now made an exception in your life. Did you hear that? See, when as believers we say, oh, for I believe for all these things, everything has come to pass, but this one, eh, not come to pass. Means what? God is, you're mocking God. You're telling me the law that he said, I made an everlasting covenant. Earth, sea time and harvest shall not cease. You suddenly decided to make a special exemption for your situation. No. He's not made any exception. It's going to happen. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, the word that you receive will bear fruit in your life. Because earth produces crops by by Itself. Very powerful word. Okay, let's read it. Okay. First the blade, then the head, and then the full grain in the head. But now is your harvest. Now it's your action. But that means till then, till then, there was no involvement from your side. Say no involvement. So what is your job? That means don't work till then. That means when, when do you have to work? Harvest time. But, but, say but. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. That means what? The, when you know that the harvest has come, you Take it. You take it. Don't say, oh, you know, I'm still waiting for my harvest. That's why Jesus said, don't say four months and then the harvest. Lift up your eyes. The, the fields are white unto harvest. That means he says, there are a lot of believers. They are surrounded by harvest, right? The seed has been sown. They believe the word. Everything has happened. But the problem is what? They are not harvesting. Means what? It's available. But how do they take position of it? How do they take position of it? By the words of their mouth. You walk in and take it. You speak it. You speak it. Because the harvest is already here. You speak it. Don't stop confessing. Oh no. What did Jesus say? What is the problem with the people who did not harvest? This revelation 
the Holy Spirit just told me right now. What was the reason the, uh, the, the people did not reap the harvest that Jesus spoke to? No, look, go to John chapter, this is huge. I believe this is going to be your victory for people who are waiting on stuff that is delayed. John chapter 4. He's talking about this harvest with respect to the Samaritan woman. Okay. Verse, verse 34. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to and to finish his work. So, Jesus the teacher, did he finish the work? Yes. yes. Because what did he do? He delivered the word to the Samaritan woman. Correct? Because the Bible says he needed to go through Samaria. Why did he need to go to Samaria? Because remember, he's a sower. He's looking for a place to sow. So, he decided, you know what? I have a field near in fact the bible says there was a field of jacob powerful he's going to sow in this field of jacob that has been left without any word and he says i need to go through samaria i need to go through samaria and i have to sow this word into this field who was that field this lady and the samaritan and samaria correct the whole country of Samaria needed the word of God to be sown. Correct? Because the harvest cannot come until the seed is sown. So, he said, I have to go to sow. And finally, he speaks this word and this woman receives that and all that. We know that study. And then the disciples come back and they see, and he seems to be like, not hungry anymore. Why? Jesus is hungry for you to receive. When you do not receive the seed, he is hungry. Actually, it's weird. The kingdom of God operates very weird. Totally contrary. Like if, like if you have a biryani. Like today you bought biryani. Correct? And you... When will you be happy? When we eat the biryani or not eat and send it all back with you? When you eat. When you eat. And if nobody eats here today and you go back, you'll be tired or not? You'll be like, what? I had to bring all the way. All four days I made biryani. And now all I have to take it back. Right? So it's, it's like I'm tired. So Jesus is like hungry. Nobody like nobody's, nobody's drawing from me. Nobody's take drawing out of me. And the moment the, he released the word and the earth received the seed. Correct? The Samaritan woman received the seed. Correct? She received it. Right? She received it. Guess what happened? He's like, ah, I finished the work. Because he's a sower. His job is done when he, when, when he sows or when the earth receives the seed. Earth receives. So he's like, I finished the work. I want the earth to receive the seed. So he's released the word and the earth receives. He said, I finished the work. Now, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. See, again he says, it is not my idea to come to Samaria. Whose idea was it? God the Father. Again, he's giving the credit to God the Father. It's my father who sent me and to finish his work. Look at the part. It is his work. Look at this. Do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. So why are the people not harvesting? Because they are 
Oh wow, come on, come on. Why are they not harvesting? Yes, but why are they not harvesting? Because they are saying, they are saying. It's not that they are not saying. They are saying. But what are they saying? They are not saying that the seed will not produce the harvest. What are they saying? There are still four months. Who said so? See, these are believers. These are not unbelievers. See, the unbelievers do not even believe in the law of seed time and harvest from the word of God. These are believers who believe God's word produces fruit. What they are standing on produces results. But they say, what? There is still time. That is why Jesus said, when the harvest has come, he should do what? No, not put the knife. He should do what? Immediately. Say immediately. Immediately. Don't wait. What are you waiting? What are you speaking? So what are these workers doing who are not harvesting? No. They are saying stuff. What are they saying? They are saying still four months. They are saying the natural order of harvest. Again, while they believe in the supernatural seed, they believe in the supernatural increase, but they believe in the supernatural in a natural time. And God is saying today to you, I want you to look at me through the eyes of the spirit where I live outside time. Hallelujah. Do not bring time vocabulary into your language. Just like I told you not to bring your calculator to calculate, don't bring your clock. Don't bring your calculator, but do not also bring your clock. Because if I tell you, let the sun stop still, what means what? Let time stop still, correct? What should happen? So when Joshua said, let the sun stop still and the moon stop rising in the valley of Elah, correct? And he fought. Which day was it? It was no day. In fact, they said there has not been a day like that in the history of Israel. What day was that? Like if the Prasad, if time stopped, and then you worked for 12 hours. How many hours did you work? You worked outside time, isn't it? And God says, didn't Joshua win that battle outside time? Because time stopped. So he received a victory outside of time. And in fact, there are so many miracles outside of time stories in the Bible. So many miracles where all the healing miracles of God, Jesus were miracles outside of time. Because the natural law of healing and restoration takes what? Time. Even supernatural healings, correct? Take time. But the miracles of Jesus were what? Instantaneous. Why? Took outside of time. 
And that's what the Bible says. Okay, look at it. It says, do not say four months and then the harvest. Lift up your eyes at the hills for the fields are already white unto harvest. And this is what the Bible says. Well, let's go to Mark chapter 4 and we'll close. I know we have been trying to close for quite some time, but I won't. I cannot leave you without you seeing this so powerful. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Okay. Verse 33. And with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. So what was the challenge with them? Hearing. hearing. So the, call, the focus out here is hearing. He said, he spoke all this word, so as much as you can hear it, you can understand it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they, had, they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. And the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go over to the the other side. So now he's practicing what he just taught them for the whole day. So he does what? He is the sower. And he is now releasing the word. What is the word? Let us go to the other side. Did he say let me go to the other side? Or did he say let us go to the other side? Let us go to the other side. That means what? Who all will get to the other side? Correct. Will only the righteous Jesus get to the other side? Or will the unrighteous disciples also go to the other side? Why will everybody get to the other side? Because his word included which very important word? Us. I don't care what I heard anything else. But did you use the word us? Yes or no? It doesn't say the righteous us. Or the son of God us. It only said what? Us. What is the criteria to be in the us? Hang around with him. Where he is, that's the us. See how simple it is? The word is very simple. So let us go over to the other side. No righteous, nothing. No evil, no those who fasted and prayed, those who understood this parable. No. He said, let us go. So, but now he's, he's practicing what he himself does, right? He's the sower. He sows the word. He sent the word. The word is, let us go over to the other side. Correct? Doesn't matter whether the sea is long or it is very stormy, or is it very hard? Does it matter? No, because the who, what, what will provide the vehicle to get to the other side? The word. The word will doesn't need a boat to get to the other side. No. How do you know it doesn't need a boat to get to the other side? Jesus walked on water. One day, remember, he did not have a boat, and they were in the middle of the sea. And he want to get to the other side. What did he do? Why? Because the word can walk on water. Hallelujah. Remember Jesus is the word? 
Who told him to walk on water that night? The father. Remember? He saw the father walking on water. And the father said, Jesus, go to the disciples. They are in trouble. They need help. They will not call on you until you need somewhere close by. Right? Because they are used to Jesus being in proximity and then, then only believing. They were not in the new covenant time where whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. They physically saw Jesus. In fact, many of his miracles was like, Jesus, come down and lay your hands. You know, because they, they saw a physical Jesus. They saw a physical God. And they were like, they will not call upon me. Not that they could not call. They could have called. But the father is so compassionate. He said, Jesus, go walk. But pretend as if you are not there to save them. <laughs> so funny. <coughs> pretend as if you are just walking by. Because I cannot force you to save them. Right? They have to call. They have to exercise that calling. They have to call on the word. They have to call. And, but you, have, you show yourself. So that's a, that's a different story. So, so, so here he said, let us go to the other side. So he, had, he doesn't need a boat to get to the other side. But in this case, there was a boat. So what does he do? Let's read it. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. What do you mean he took him in the boat as he was? What is the problem with Jesus? Have you, have you read that verse? He took him into the boat as he was. What do you mean? What do you mean he, uh, he took him into the boat as he was? What was Jesus doing? He was teaching. No! He slept! He spoke. <laughs> this is Jesus said. He said, this is what he said. Because remember, he just taught Mark chapter 4. He said, the sower sows the word. Look at verse, verse 20. Seven and should sleep. So he said, Okay, I'm going to do this exactly so that they will see this. I released the word and he immediately went to sleep. <laughs> I was like, Oh, on the shore. No, this is and here is this disciples. Last word says we should go over to the other side. But Jesus is sleeping. What do we do? Like what do we do? See how powerful the word is. Jesus' word is, let us go to the other side and he goes to sleep. Because why does he go to sleep? Shouldn't he be awake to know how to get this thing to the other side? Isn't he the God who will do it? No! He is the man who's walking with the word of God. And so are you. It's not your responsibility to wake up and cause it to happen. Eh, hint, hint, God. I think you need my help. You need sanctified help. <laughs> you don't need it. You just speak the word and you go to sleep. He went to sleep. He physically went to sleep. And so what happened? The disciples didn't know what to do. They were like, man, we have never done this. He said, okay. Somebody thought about this idea. He spoke, let us go to the other side. He will be mad if he wakes up and finds that. <laughs> it's like 6 o'clock in the morning, he is still awake and he's like, he wakes up and he's like, where are we? On the other side or not? No, we are still here. We are waiting for you to wake up. <laughs> he's like, uh, uh, Peter, 
can you go back to verse 22 what i said today <laughs> so they knew something about jesus that he whatever he says we better do stuff correct so whatever faith they had little bit i don't know whatever they had so they took jesus on the boat they took him sleeping that's the thing he took him as he was he was sleeping he picked him up put him in the boat okay and there are other little boats with were also with him also with him okay also with with the boat the other little boats were also with the main boat or the other little boats were with him interesting you would normally write it there were other little boats also with the big boat but what is the important part of the word who who gets to the other side us for you to be in the us you, you need to know who is also coming <laughs> whether you are sleeping or not i don't care but are you with us sleeping or not i don't care but the word says with us so jesus is in the boat do they qualify to get to the other side yes see how technical the word is you just qualify to be in zion you just qualify to be in christ that's the job of christ to get the word to get you to the other side your job is to just qualify to be in the us yes or no there were the other little boats also with them so with him with him so they are also going to get to the other side amen okay let's look at this and a great wind storm arose from, you know when did it arise right away because what does the mark chapter 4 says what is the first thing that happens immediately persecutions arises for the word sake immediately immediately he immediately comes he's it's it's program satan programs he's after what the word. the word which word the sleeping word or the spoken word hallelujah you got it he's not after the sleeping jesus he is after the the release word because he doesn't care if jesus is sleeping or not because what is producing in the meantime to get them to the other side the spoken word is working and he will make sure that this word is not received and he'll come to steal it so immediately the storm came so the first thoughts of the disciple was what this word will have to wait till tomorrow it doesn't work that means the first that you happen all the time like you're believing on a healing you're believing on a prosperity you're believing on a relationship you're believing for something immediately the persecution will come what persecution not from external people it's persecution from this demonic powers that will make it appear as if the word has no power over the situation it's a it's a it's a algesh it's one of those you know exceptional cases you know the four months one it's one of those everything is fine i mean harvest blade head grain mm. not ripened yet not ripened yet okay <laughs> not ripened yet 
So don't get up, don't get up, just sit. Don't, don't harvest it, just sit. Give it four, four more months. And that's what a lot of, lot of believers, we just don't receive. Obviously, like waiting for the, it's ripened and white and now it's becoming dust. <laughs> Out in the fields, white and harvest. Receive it, walk in it, speak it. Take the sickle and start cutting it down. Hallelujah. So these this is the first thing came. Exactly like Mark chapter 4. Same chapter. Yes or no? Mm-hmm. Correct? He's now actually manifesting how the world operates. Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Let's look at it. And, and a great... So th- the first happened. A great windstorm arose. So that was the initial persecution. But that could, did not stop. Then what happened? And the, waves. the waves began to beat. This is when the cares and the deceitfulness of the world starts beating on you regularly. See, cares and the deceitfulness of wealth does not stop. The cares come on, like you wake up in the morning, those cares are there. It's like this constant beating. It's like these waves, they constantly, little by little, they're filling up your boat, filling up your body. They're not like this one wave just comes and takes you over. No, it's like... Just beat on you. That's these cares and deceitfulness. What is the, What are they after, Jotsna? Uh, the word. You're not after Jesus. You're after the spoken word. Because they don't want you to believe that spoken word. But it's when Jesus is sleeping. But it doesn't matter. The spoken word was released. And you believe, you believe it. And that's when you do it. So, okay, it starts beating. And it was already filling. But, what, look at the famous word, but. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, do what? No, what is the word they used? Teacher. Teacher. Why? He has just taught them the operation of the word of God. Correct? And he uses, and they used, this so funny, they used the same words from the parable. What are the words they use? Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Did they use the one of the things that choke the seed? Is what? Cares. cares of the world. They are admitting that the cares of the world help them to stop believing in the word of God. In the word of Jesus. Word of the teacher. The teacher is sleeping, but he said, do you not care? That means... We are perishing. We are, we are full of care. Why don't you have the same care? Why don't you have the same care? Why don't you... I mean, why are you not having the care? Okay, let's look at this. We are perishing. He and he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so... Fearful. Who are fearful in Zion? There you go. What is the stability of your times? Wisdom and knowledge. And the spoken word. So they are fearful. Because they don't have the wisdom. They didn't understand that parable. Huge. Huge. Let's look at the next one. Why is it that you are so fearful? How is it that you have little faith? Yes or no? No. 
How is it that you have? No faith. You see, there was no faith because it takes only a little faith to receive the, the, the fruitfulness of the word because the earth produces fruit by itself. Because they didn't receive the word at all. So there was no harvest. How is it that you did not have no faith? Because where there is fear, there is no faith. The sinners in Zion are afraid. My word shall not return to me void. It shall prosper in the thing that it has been sent out to do. You shall go out with peace and be led forth with joy. And the mountains and the hills will break forth with singing before you. That's about the spoken word. He says, my word has been released. It will prosper. Who was in this boat who had faith? Jesus. Jesus. And what happened? Did, they, did he experience peace of that word? Yes. He used the same word that was prophesied in Isaiah 55. Uh, 55. Yeah. He said, the peace is there. I've given you the peace. Because you will go out with peace. Because you don't care. Because you believe the word. You will go out with peace. And he used the same word. Peace, be still. And everything stops still. Why? Everything stops still because he has, the word has to get to the other side. And that that sea was contradicting what the word is producing. So did he, when it was ripe for harvest, did he get up and use the sickle? He, said. he spoke. See, like Jesus said, so it's harvest time, right? So the seed has to now produce the harvest. So is it time for the harvest? Yes. Yes. What is the harvest in this case? To reach the other side. So Jesus gets up and does what? Speaks it. He said, peace, be still. Look at what he says. And in the other passage it says, and they were immediately at the other show. They were immediately at the other show. That means what happened? The harvest happened right away. Immediately, outside of time. I don't know, I think it's in a different uh, gospel. It says, Immediately they were at the other time. That means they bypassed this whole natural law of rowing and sailing and everything and got to the other side. Amazing. Immediately to the other side. Because he spoke, peace be still. And they get to the other side. Okay, keep reading. And they feared exceedingly. Who are they? No. Sinners in Zion, <laughs> they feared exceedingly. What did they say? They said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? And what's the answer to that? The, word. the righteous word. The word. Who obeys? Who, who does the sin and uh, the sea and the wind obey? The word. To a righteous man or to the spoken word. Who is it? He was a righteous man who believed in the operation of the word of God. He says, who is it? So anybody who looks at you say, who are you? That you can say that these markets will not affect you. Who are you to say that you will have a job this time next year? Who are you to say that this healing will happen? Who are you? What will you reply? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
correct. And, and it is the spoken word of God that you have to obey. It is a spoken word. Who is it? It's the righteous man with the spoken word of God. And you always receive that. You always receive that. The words of Christ, the teacher, is what builds faith. And that's how you are. And we'll talk about it in, a, in the next passage and we'll continue it because there's a lot of material there. But let's believe that. Let's believe that during this season, knowledge, wisdom and knowledge is going to be the stability of your times. That you will believe the spoken word of Christ, the teacher. And you will start believing and receiving the fruits of it right away. And you will not come to this table with a calculator and a clock. And you will start operating as if the things of the spirit are freely given. And you will believe it. Because this wisdom does not come from man. It comes from God himself. And he sent his son as a teacher to teach you the operation of the kingdom of God. Either you can operate with the spirit of this world or you can operate with the spirit that is of God. And the spirit of God is not with a supply, um, a demand mindset. He is with a supply mindset. And he will provide you. And your job is to receive it. Your job is to say, yes, Lord. I believe it. I receive it. And the earth will produce crop by itself. And I'll see by next year or in this couple of months or even without time, you believe the word and let the word work for you on your behalf. You don't have to worry about it. That's not your job. It doesn't say the righteous you. It doesn't say anything. It says the earth produces seed crops by itself. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, your word has gone forth as the words of Christ the teacher during this time. And Father, I pray that even as your word says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of Christ. Father, I pray that this, these are words that not that Israel said, they begged that these words will not be spoken to them. But these are words that were spoken to the church in Antioch. And they begged that these words will be told them again next Sabbath. The words of Christ, not the words of a God under the law. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that these words will become pleasing and tasty to the believers who have heard this today evening. And Father, they will receive it gladly. And the earth will produce fruit and crops by itself, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Master. Father, I pray that release those bottlenecks, those barriers that are stopping the harvest from coming. Father, we will not say four months and then the harvest. Father, we lift up our eyes and say, these fields are white and to harvest right now. Hallelujah. 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 You feel that anointing to receive an impossible word? The word that defies your natural understanding and it is foolishness. But God says, I will reveal it to you, the things that are freely given to you by the Spirit. I know where the coupons are, says the Father. 
And I've revealed it through my son and through the Holy Spirit. The coupons that say these are to be redeemed for your life here on the earth. To walk in it. To despise the gain of oppression, says the Lord. Do not learn from any other teacher. For one is your teacher, the Christ, the Messiah. And when you receive from him, you will leave your water pot. Because out of you shall flow rivers of living water. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. For you have said it is impossible that this can be healed. For you have spoken that it is too impossible in this time to receive a miracle like this. You said it is impossible for this time to be compressed. You said it is impossible for space to compress for me. You said it's impossible with respect to this relationship. But he says, the natural mind cannot receive the things of the spirit. The free things of the spirit. The things that doesn't involve your contribution. But you receive it by believing. You receive it by hearing. And let the earth produce crop by itself, says the father. And you sleep. And sleep at night. And rise up by day and lift up your eyes. When the harvest is ripe, open your mouth and speak it and receive your miracles, says the Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Stop using natural laws, says the Father. To figure out my provision and my healing for you. Stop using the natural ways that your mind has conceived, says the Father. Receive from me a supernatural compression and a miracle outside of time. Spoken. For all flesh is grass. But the word of God will, will remain forever. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray for a supernatural sign with respect to time for my believers right now. Supernatural compression of time. What would take many months, God says, I will do it outside of time for you. In fact, it will appear as if it had already happened. And when you receive it, says the Lord, it will come with a bad date. For I operate outside of time for you. For you do not operate according to the spirit of this world. Thank you, Jesus. For I pray that anointing of signs and miracles as a demonstration of the spirit will be received by this church right now. Yes, Master. That there will be joy and laughter in the house. And their soul will delight in abundance. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Is somebody who's listening to this message who's waiting for a heart transplant and the Lord says, go back and speak that you have a full and a clean heart and check it out, says the Lord, that you will have a new heart in that place completely and you will have to cancel your name on the list, says the Father. 
Vura masutu ne kari kere matata na karasi kere ma. Are masutu no kuri lene masutu no karasi kere masitigana. And yes, new lungs, says the father. You will have new lungs, again outside of time. You will receive new lungs and you will breathe as much as you need to breathe till you are satisfied, says the Lord. For the breath of life is my breath of my son, says the Lord. And when I send it, it shall not return until you are satisfied. Thank you. you all will, some, some of you all will receive supernatural acceleration in their jobs. Outside of time. Promotions outside of time. You will receive a house gifted to you, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So like somebody just writes you a house and gives you a house, says the Father. And you say, that is impossible. Who would ever do that? Why do you care? You sleep, says the Father. And let the earth produce for, for you. The earth is waiting for a manifestation of the sons of God that they might get the wealth of the Gentiles to you. And this is the season. This is the hour. The hour has come, says the Father. It is not coming. Where great supply shall show up on the door of my beloved. For you are with us, says the Father. You are with us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Master. So shouts of joy will be in the household, says the Lord. It will be like the days of Esther, where wherever the decree went, there was rejoicing in the city. Wherever the word went, there was rejoicing. For the word has already done its work when it's reached you. I receive the word with rejoicing and gladness, says the Lord. Receive the word with rejoicing and gladness. And let it produce the 30, 60, and 100 fold in these days. And when I say 30, 60, and 100 fold, I am not talking about the multiplication factor of the world. I am talking about what heaven considers a fold. That fold is different from the earthly fold. It is the fold of the shepherd where he makes you lie down in green pastures and still waters. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the word of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are thankful for Jesus Christ, our Messiah and our teacher, who teaches us the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Father, we receive it with gladness. We sit at your feet and hear this word. And we are glad because that's the one thing that is needed. To sit at your feet and hear your word. And everything else will produce by itself. And Father, we thank you for it. We worship you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.